All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And a lot of times you're driving down the interstate and you look over to your right or to your left and you see these you know, mobile home parks. And a lot of times it's not an obvious investment for a number of reasons. But the main one, at least for me, is that um, there's an ownership between the units and the park or the park and the units. And there's so many different variables. And Today on the show, I've got Adrian Smoot, and he's going to fill us in on the three different ways that he's been able to successfully invest in the mobile home park. Um, I guess you'd call it an industry or business. Adrian, how are you? Wonderful. I appreciate you having me here today. I'm excited yeah. to talk about mobile homes, my favorite topic. I'm always I'm always excited because it's it's very overlooked. But did you start there? Not everyone starts there. It seems like a, a not an obvious starting position. But tell me, how did you cut your teeth in real estate? No, I definitely did not grow up thinking I'm going to own mobile homes or trailers. Yeah, uh, actually, like I grew up with a lot of uh, myths about them, which we'll debunk some of those today. But mm -hmm. I cut my teeth, as you said, in the real estate space by being a tenant, a really bad tenant. Well, my friends and I were uh, renting. I was about 20 years old and we were terrible tenants. We had eviction notices for parties. Like spaghetti wrestling, mud wrestling, okay. pudding wrestling. Okay, yeah. you, you, I'm guessing you didn't get your damage deposit back then. Uh, no, <laughs> believe it or not, actually, on one of them we got half of it back. Don't know why. Go. Um, we were convincing, I guess. Uh, we even parked a motorcycle in the living room. So oh, yeah, wow. you don't rent to 20 year old Adrian and his friends. Okay, so then but how I'm did a you problem get into real solver. estate? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a problem solver. So what, what do you do? So I went and bought a house. I moved in all my friends and I divided my mortgage up amongst my friends. So at 20 years old, I'm living for free, not with mom and dad, which mm -hmm. is really, really cool. So a few years later, I said, well, how do I do this again? So I went to the banks. That's all I knew at the time. I went to the bank and they said, look, you can buy another house, but you're going to lose a little bit every month. Don't worry. Real estate goes straight up. You'll refinance in a few years. A few years came and we're in that recession that we just got. Most people forgotten about if they've even been in the industry long enough. So market's going like down. 2008, right? Yep. Yeah. I can't refinance. And I had the adjustable rate mortgage that the newspapers all talked about. Oh, yeah. So it's my a payment product when it's low. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have never thought that my payment would have gone up when we're in a recession. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. I eventually gave up, gave the house up as a short sale. It was a ding to my credit, ding to my ego, but most painfully it was a ding to my integrity. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward a few years, I get back in because I'm still living for free in that first house because mm -hmm. I bought that one right. And my tenants, my friends were paying for it. So I get back in, I buy a few more houses but then that short sale thing that's in the back of my head, I was like, oh, I can't let that happen again. I find out about mobile homes and I was frustrated with being um, not getting a good enough return without finding more stuff. So I was a little frustrated in the market. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy one of these mobile homes. These guys have talked about these guys and girls have been in the business longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. I bought one and I haven't looked back since. So since then, I've sold off my beautiful concrete ranch style houses and bought individual 
mobile homes with the land. I know we're going to talk about the different ways, but I really start out by buying a single unit, one unit with the dirt, a real estate transaction, basically a single family, mm -hmm. but the structure happens to be a mobile home and I rent them out for a long time. This is the main business. That's how I became financially free. And then fast forward, I started teaching and educating, found out I love that. And now we're here today talking about how to invest in mobile homes. So give me the numbers on um, that because a lot of times people get that first taste of like, I can do that. And they get that aha. They're like, I can do that. Well, if I can do that, can I do it again? Can I do it again? Can I do it again? So break down the numbers on that first purchase that allowed you to uh, scale that and, and become financially free. So the first one was in 1965 on 0.09 acres. So a sliver of land, a super old three bedroom, one bath, single wide with a bunch of mistakes that I mm -hmm. learned the hard way on. But I went and bought it. Oh, first of all, how did I find it? I found it through a friend that I made at a real estate meeting. I became friends. I'm a, I'm a networker. Mm -hmm. And she said, my broker has someone that needs to sell their mobile home. See, he was going to make the money from these people on their new purchase, but needed this mobile home that had a little bit of debt on it gone in order for them to qualify. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem I was solving for him. So I spent $16,000, basically the rest of my savings account. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this. So it wasn't financing for it that I knew of. Yeah. No, it's hard Audit. to finance them in some cases. Yeah. Made some mistakes. Uh, let's just round up and say I had all, all in at 20000 after some mistakes and everything. Well, I was able to rent it for $475 a month. Okay. You don't need a calculator to be like, that number works. So yeah, then- The cash on cash is not bad. Yeah. It is paid off in five years or something. Phenomenal. So I just went out and started doing it again and again and again. I got addicted to this cash flow. It was growing so much faster than I was with the single family, very competitive world. And yeah. that is the the main business. But that was an older one. So the 1960s and 70s, I like to group those together because, as you said, there's not financing on it, at least in the mm -hmm. traditional sense. Yeah. But then 1990s and newer, that's a little bit different because there's some more valuable product. There is some financing to it there. Yeah. Definitely. And and the other thing too, is you'll notice that that product right in the nineties and the two thousands, they really started focusing on making them from the inside. You, you don't know you're in, in a, in a mobile home or, yeah. or a trailer, we'll call it, but the, the inside is pretty much what they were going for in single family, open concept, bathroom, bedrooms at the back. Like it doesn't get any better than that. And from the outside, yeah, it, looks like a mobile home but you know you can actually you know spice that up a little bit too so you're getting into the cash flow how are you financing these things early on just cash build some more cash up cash in again or did you find jvs you know how did you finance that 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 scale yeah so i ran out of cash after my first deal you mm -hmm. know when we're growing we either have no cash or a little bit and no matter where we're at we run out of cash really fast and i'm i'm not afraid to use my own cash but I had to start financing and it's uh, really private money, friends and family. Mm -hmm. And the other big one, especially on these older ones, is owner financing, making payments to the owner. Yeah. It sounds like a scary topic to a lot of people, but a lot of the owners bought with owner financing because mm -hmm. they're not financeable to people 
that typically are buying them and the unit itself. So it's not a brand new topic to them. They already understand the basics. Okay, you're going to make me payments for so long. And that has been very profitable for me. And then personally, I like paying a human versus a bank. Yeah, it's It really just feels nice. a little bit better when you're writing that check to know where it's going versus, you know, the chase stock or uh, stock symbol. You know, that doesn't feel good. So that's you're going through that. You've been doing that for a number of years. What where did it really turn into a business? Because sometimes you're running around and you're, as my mentor used to say, gunslinging. And then you're like, okay, I probably need property management. I probably need, and you know, like now the accounting's becoming something of a nightmare for me personally. And I got to find people. So at what point, how many years ago uh, did it become a business for you? So I decided to go full time, not work at all. And I was very fortunate that my wife made enough money for us to cut expenses and live off of her income and snowball mine. So that was about when I decided to make this a real full business, not a hobby, as I kind of called it before. Uh, that was about seven, eight years ago. So 2015-ish. Uh, Yeah. Is that uh, my math right? I'm Yep. I'm a calculator guy. Yeah. Uh, and it was a slow process to make it a real business. So, yeah, today I have a CPA, I have a bookkeeper, and I even have a fractional CEO. Because I wanted to really know my numbers. We did it the painful way of doing it ourselves, Excel. And then the painful relationship way of her doing the QuickBooks, which she's an RN, not an accountant or bookkeeper. So that's a terrible idea for relationships. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then you're fixing it when you hire the professionals. But but yeah, I turned it into a business, which a lot of investors don't ever do. They just Mm stay, -hmm. as you said, the gunslinger. Yeah, And they're like looking at the bottom line and maybe they're living off their cash flow and some of that should probably be maintenance money and they might Yeah. not even know that they're doing that. So are these units distressed? Are you buying them relatively turnkey? How much work are you having to put into these? And how are you finding people to fix them? I like to joke around that I'm a lazy investor, Mm -hmm. meaning I will usually pay a little bit more if I don't have to do any work. And it's just Yeah. not like the rehab numbers more. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I bought a handful, a decent amount of them that are, we'll say the paint and carpet, you know, the, Yeah. all the structure is good. But I bought this one behind me, if anyone's actually watching, that came with most of its siding. And then I put more money into the property than I paid for the property at times as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've done all the different variations. Personally, I don't love big rehabs. No. I'm a really good uh, problem solver of the seller. I'm good at structuring the deal. I'm good at uh, the property management. I'm not fantastic at the rehab. That's one reason I don't do fix and flips. Yeah. But... I got to do it. So I've got to, you know, have that part of the business. So um, they're not turnkey. I like to solve the real estate investor, or sorry, the uh, problem of the homeowner, which can be an investor as well. And then do the work I got to do and put someone in there that's going to stay there a really, really, really long time. Yeah. Do you find that with these types of units that you get um, longer tenancies than single family? Because people like decide they want that lifestyle and they typically, you know, you always hear those stories. Oh, I've been here 10 years. I've been here 15 years. Like I love the park. I love the area. I'm not moving. So like, what is it about mobile homes that, that from the outside appears that the tenancies are long? 
Yeah, I'll give you what we do. And I think it's a pretty general for most of the mobile homeowners is we set it up to attract someone that wants to stay there a long time. And here, before we get to that, let's just dispel the myth that a lot of people are already thinking about trailer trash. Mm -hmm. So some people can't even listen any further because they're just like, it's no thing but trailer trash. I don't want it. Think about like a TV show, especially in Canada. I'm sure you guys have have it down there. Trailer park boys. They think about trailer parks and, you know, all the stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. Every little kid's born with a tall boy in the eye light, you know, like all those movies, the show makes it into a funny thing. Even country songs do, Mm -hmm. but that's not always true. Who lives in most of, our properties is the blue collar handyman, handy woman. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the carpenter, the AC tech, the painter, the roofer, the road construction, the contractor. That's who lives in most of our properties. Mm-hmm. And we look for a property that they want to live in. So I kind of reverse engineered this. I, I learned this a long way and the hard way is I found out, all right, well, that's my avatar that I want to live in the property. So let me go shopping for them. Mm-hmm. They like a fenced yard. They like to be able to have their dog or maybe some animals. Mm-hmm. They like, because they're tradesmen, they don't like an HOA that's going to say, you can't have a utility trailer here, or you yeah, can't have branding on the stuff, side. You know, like, you, you know, materials or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's catering to that person. And then, yes, they don't want, no one really wants to move every year. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that any type of person wants to move every year because it's stressful. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So we set it up and we really set them up to stay for a very long time. We put all the expectations there from the very beginning and we have some pretty long tendency. It doesn't mean that we don't have people that move, you know, life changes for everyone. Yeah. But it also doesn't mean that it's only blue collar. Uh, we had someone move in recently that uh, white collar straight out of college uh, it working from home. So he works from home in a mobile home. He just wanted a quarter acre. He wanted a three bedroom, two bath, and he loves it. And mm-hmm. they're great people. So yes, we went for our avatar, but we have all different types of people that live in the properties. Yeah, we get, we get a lot of, um, it seems that mobile homes are in areas that are kind of scenic you know especially mm-hmm. on the west coast there's a lot that are you know just up the road from say the lake in town or they're close to um a campground or a national park or something so it seems like there's like this attachment or closeness like if you're watching at home you're seeing that trailer yeah in the background it it's nice but the land the trees the fact that you do have a little bit, not in all cases, but you do have a little bit more space between the ne- the next house because the houses aren't super wide. A lot of the new developments now, you go to these new new single family home developments and you can like, it's about as wide as my Zoom screen here and you're touching both houses. And it's so, um, yeah, there seems to be a particular appeal. I don't think they're going anywhere. In fact, you know, with the housing going in the direction it's in, uh, it's probably going um, to continue to grow that sector of real estate. So uh, where do you want to go with the the business right now over the, let's say the next 12 months? I have moved the business to where it's 100%. We buy the single units with the land Mm -hmm. and we're in a spot now that we don't have to buy another property, but I I want to, there's people to help. 
And I just always want to keep growing my portfolio. So today we are buying uh, a little bit better quality homes, a little bit uh, larger acreage. So I like like an acre, acre and a half, you know, so it's in a path of progress. I call those my lotto tickets that the dirt's worth a lot more in the future and a builder's going to come and buy me out. So I mm -hmm. buy one of those and then I sell off like the one behind me. You know, I'd sell that off either to the owner that lives or the person that lives there and owner finance it to them or owner finance it to another investor to help them get their start. So it's kind of what I've been doing. It's kind of just trading up in a uh, little bit less headaches, a little bit larger dollars per month, which usually goes with a little smaller ROI. The ROI is already great. but So we've been just kind of doing that trading uh, where I, I can see that for the next 12 months, but next three plus years, we have no idea where the economy is going to be. Yeah. So I don't know where, you know, the business will, because be I think we always we have to keep be all changing in, in mobile home parks in three years, right? They, we might be all having to sell our large single family homes and, you know, move into something smaller or people might just, because there's a huge generation of people who are looking at single family homes and they're like out of reach, but they want to build some sort of yes. equity. They don't want the money to just go away. So, you know, I think that you're going to see a, a transitional type of buyer and, you know, resident in these areas. So what, what would you say, you know, you, you know, with all you've accomplished in real estate investing so far, what's your biggest obstacle right now? Oh, so my biggest obstacle right now um, is I'm really passionate about the business or sorry, the education side of it. And mm -hmm. it's really just getting my, name out there more, letting more people know these are a really good investment. You're mm -hmm. helping people, you're making money and they're more passive than a lot of people think and then dispelling some myths. So to me, that's an all of it is a win. But really just telling more people about it, if it's right for them, educating them uh, with some of my courses, if it's not right for them, still encouraging them to learn about it. So when they get that lead, they can help the seller and make money, wholesale it to someone, bird dog it, don't leave money on the table like I used to do. Uh, so it's really helping more people, you know, on the buying side. Yeah, there's always more property. So there's always uh, private money that I pay out more friends to. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I'm systemizing more of the business, turning it, like you said, into a business. So we're focused a lot on the behind the scenes so that I get to show up on podcasts and do what I love versus, you know, going through all the tiny numbers and mm -hmm. I'm outsourcing some of that. It's a good place to be. Yeah. When the business starts to grow. So um, if people want to get, get a hold of you, you'd mentioned that uh, you've got a, an, a special kind of gift for, for the people who are listening at home, fill, fill us in a little bit as to what you got for us today. Yeah. So we've debunked some myths here, but there's a lot more out there. I have a free PDF. It's 14 mobile home myths debunked. And if you just go to lifestyle, dash rei.com slash property profits which i'm sure you'll make it easy for them and put it in the notes there yeah go there you can download uh that pdf and help change your mindset that mobile homes can be profitable it's not all the bad stereotypes that the you know trailer park boys which i think it's a hilarious show yeah i love that show it's like any reality show it's not all true yeah well, um, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, shedding the light on the mobile home uh, park. If people want to get a hold of you directly, how do they find you? 
how do they uh, get in contact with you to get more information about what it is you're doing out there? Uh, I'm on social media, uh, mainly on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, maybe I'll get young one day and get on TikTok or something else. <laughs> but you can just reach out there, uh, Lifestyle REI or uh, Adrian Smood, and uh, happy to help you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I love listening about the mobile home uh, park thing. Uh, it's always great to have you. Your type of investor is really exciting to me. So, um, I hope you, everyone at home got a a good mind shift. I really appreciate you listening along, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.